Chris Miles was able to retire twice by the time he was 39 years old. But he's not content to just enjoy his own financial freedom and peace of mind. Chris wants you to have your own ripple effect so you can live free today. He's not the financial advisor you expected. He's the anti-financial advisor you deserve. He's jumping behind the mic right now, ready to make waves. Here's Chris Miles. Hello, my fellow Ripplers. This is Chris Miles, your cash flow expert and anti-financial advisor. Welcome to our show. It's for you and about you. Those you want that work so hard for your money, you want your money to start working harder for you now. You want that freedom, cash flow, prosperity today, not 30 or 40 years from now, but right now to live that life that you love, to be with those you love doing what you love, and most importantly, to create a ripple effect to the lives of others by doing what you do best. Because as you're blessed financially, you can do the same for others too and be able to make a massive impact in the world. Guys, thank you for allowing me to create a ripple effect through you. Thank you for binging and sharing and doing all that you guys do because it's amazing. And man, can you believe it? We're past episode 500 now. Man, it's such an awesome honor and privilege. Hey, as always, reminder, check our website, moneyripples.com. And if you've got topics you want to hear more about, Shoot me an email, chris at moneyripples.com. Say, Chris, I would love to hear about this. What do you think? Let's bring it up on this show, guys. Hey, guys, quick shout out to our sponsor, American Homeowner Preservation. Hey, guys, if you want to make a great rate of return with little money out of pocket, even as little as 100 bucks, and do it while helping other people as well, check these guys out. The website's fundingahp.com. The way they do it, they crowdfund money, people's money together to go and help essentially become the bank. They buy people's mortgages that are defaulting, people that are late on their mortgages. They help them refinance, stay in their home, and or sell their home so that they can be in a better financial position. And the cool thing is, is that they pay awesome returns and they pay it monthly. And like I said, you can invest with as little as 100 bucks. So check them out. Websites, fundingahp.com. That's F-U-N-D-I-N-G-A-H-P.com. Check them out. All right, so today I want to bring up a topic that does come up often, and I'm seeing the news all the time, which is what's happening with the special the Democrats trying to take from the rich and tax the rich and give to the poor. And it sounds amazing. And in fact, it's amazing where all this money is supposedly coming from. It's supposed to be coming from the rich, although you could probably couldn't tax the rich enough to even pay for all the things they want to pay for. But I want to talk about really the economics behind why this is an absolute 100% blatant lie. And even worse, they know it. The politicians know it. It's a bunch of crap, and people are buying into it hook, line, and sinker. Now, I know a lot of you guys are already pretty smart. You already get this. But I really want to nail it down, really like get into the heart of it about why it doesn't work, right? Especially if we want to try to really just identify like get to the heart of the matter right so first and foremost like what happens when you tax the rich because they're talking about taxing capital gains you know whether you sell stocks your bitcoin if you happen to be a bitcoin crazed freak whatever it might be you know to trying to tax the real estate they're trying to tax your income they're trying to tax everything all in the name of hey we got to take from the rich to give to the poor and this has been the common robin hood mentality we've heard for decades and it's become the mantra of the Democrats specifically. And yeah, I'm going to point them right out. Uh, and it's not just Democrats. There's even Republicans that support it too. But it has become more popular, of course, among the Democrats to say, hey, we're for the common people, for the common good. We're here for you. And that's what the people wanted. That's why we got Democrats in office, even though it's kind of a split thing. But here's the problem, guys, is that 
if you want to financially prosper, Democrats are full of crap. Okay. Now, if you're a registered Democrat, I'm not saying you believe this, but if you actually believe that taking from the rich to give the poor works, oh my gosh, what real basis are you coming from here? Because most people, when they say that, they never let you think beyond the next step. That's the truth because they want you to believe that, hey, that's, that makes perfect sense. Take from the rich, give the poor. We're all happy. Yay. Socialism works. Bull. Socialism has never worked. In fact, if anything, it gives more to the rich. And that's what I'm going to describe here is that, in essence, taking from the rich actually gives back more to the rich and to the politicians and to everybody else but the poor. In fact, by taxing the rich, the poor suffer more. I'm not talking about just like trickle-down economics. I'm not even going to bring that up because you can poke little holes at it all you want. But that's not my point. I want to talk even just very basic stuff here. So let's start with companies. Companies and individuals, the wealthy, being taxed. If you increase you know, taxes on profits, company profits, by the way, just so you know, companies can do lots of things to show less profit if they have to. By the way, if a company starts showing less profits, that also means that the poor person, and when I say poor, I mean poor and middle class, that means the average Joe, those people are losing money because if all they do is put money into the stock market, guess what? You lose. <laughs> There's less profits. You start taxing companies more, that takes more out of their money, out of their profits. Stocks go down. It's like a double taxation for people. So one, you lose money in the stock market when this kind of stuff happens. Two, here's the other thing that happens. When you tax on a company, say that they add an extra tax on a company of 5%. So let's say they add this extra 5% tax on a company. What do you think the company's going to do to make up for that, to keep their profits up? Even if it means that they pay their wages more, what are they going to do? Well, if they tax them 5%, they're going to do a 10% price increase at least, if not more. So let's say they just double it. Think of like food at the store. They start taxing these companies and taxing stores more or whatever it might be, or even distributors, manufacturers. It doesn't matter. When you go to the store here, what you're going to notice is that when they tax the company or they start taxing the wealthy, they start taxing the companies especially because a lot of the wealthy are business owners, of course. When they start taxing these people, they got to make it up and they're going to try to make it up with a bigger margin than what it costs them. So if all of a sudden you said, hey, you know what? This head of lettuce that cost me two bucks before, oh, now it's cost me $2.20. It's more. Or even just say in general, food costs for you are 600 bucks a month. Now they're $660 a month or more if they decide to even do more than 10% increase. So we start to see it show up at the stores. We see it show up at Home Depot. So we see it show up everywhere. Now, Let's just say that was $600 a month that you're paying in groceries before. Now it goes up to $660 a month, a 10% increase. You might just say, well, 10% is not that bad. Now, remember, they just did a 5% increase on companies. Hey, we want to charge those corporations because those evil corporations, they're making the money. By the way, those same evil corporations are the same ones that pay money to lobby to politicians to get them to do certain things and give them certain favors. Don't think the money isn't going back to them anyways. And, and obviously, the politicians know this. And but just so you know, by the way, uh, the politicians, there's estimated 48% of politicians are millionaires themselves. We'll come back to that in a little bit. <laughs> All right. So anyways, I'm having too much fun with this. So let, now let, I look this up. The average income is estimated to be about 66000 a year. That's $5,500 a month before your taxes are taken out of your paycheck, right? And any other deductions you have taken out. So let's just say after tax, you might have 4500 a month. Again, this is the median household income. This is not the average. This is not the mean. This is the median, the middle price. Because if you go for average, obviously 
people don't go below zero, but there's people that make billions of dollars and that skews the numbers. So the mean, like the person that's out of 325 million, this is number 167,500,000, blah, blah, blah. That person is making about 66,000 a year or 5,500 a month. After taxes, maybe they take home 4,500 a month. Well, guess what? Same thing applies. If your costs were, let's say at a, somebody that was, had 4,500 a month, they just happen to not quite be paycheck to paycheck, but close. Maybe their expenses are 4,200 a month. That's not a lot. But if those costs go up 10%, 4,200 a month now becomes 4,620 a month, over 4,600 a month. Remember, their after tax is now 4,500 a month. This is the big thing. You tax the wealthy, they'll find a way to pass it on to the poor class anyways. And politicians are not, well, okay, some politicians are stupid, but they're not beyond comprehension to understand this is what happens. They know this is exactly what happens. They know that weren't the guys, even the Warren Buffetts of the world and the Bezos of the world want this to happen. They do that because when this happens, when inflation happens, their companies skyrocket. They make a lot more. Yeah, there's inflation and stuff, but you can play the global markets. You can play different things where you can use different countries where it's cheaper anyways, outsource it. Oh, but it's bad to outsource past America. Well, that's what we're creating when we create inflation anyways. So they go and outsource it. They'll find ways to make up that money or have the consumer make up the difference because companies got to stay in business and they want to cut back. They want to keep being more profitable over time, not less. They will find ways to do that. So think about it. They get taxed, they lose a little bit, but they make it up again. And they find a way to get those profits right back. But for the poor class or the average middle-class person, what happens now they went from at least not quite being paycheck to paycheck, having a little extra, to now with this 10% inflation of their costs, now they're in the hole each month. Now they're short. Now they're going back to their employer saying, I can't survive. Now they go back to their politicians saying, we need to raise minimum wage. How can we afford to live like this? We well, you know how to know what happened to them? It was the freaking greedy companies. It wasn't them. It was the politicians that put it into place in the first place, right? It was them. Now, I know a lot of you guys get this, but understand that the people that get hurt worse are always going to be the poor middle class. They're the ones that are going to get the shaft whenever politicians step in. By the way, whenever government tries to step into something, it always becomes more expensive. I remember just about 15 years ago, I remember the price of gasoline. They were in the state of Hawaii. The price of gasoline was just horrible, right? Just like it is today. You go buy, buy gasoline in, in Hawaii, you're, you're easily going to pay at least four bucks a gallon. Well, what happened? They said, hey, we're going to, the government said, the state government said, we're going to put in price caps. No more. You know what happened when the state government put in price caps? Well, obviously, they have to tax the gasoline some more when they try to put in those price caps. Well, they had to put in their taxes to pay for the infrastructure for them to pay for all their stuff. By the way, the word infrastructure is a key thing Democrats use to say they just want to blow more of your money. Um, now welfare is infrastructure. Same thing happened there. All of a sudden, their price cap went through the roof. They couldn't even hold their own price cap because of what they did. Whatever the government touches gets more expensive. Your health insurance, that Affordable Care Act, did not get cheaper for you, did it? Unless you're flat broke and where you might get really good subsidized health care, for the majority of us Americans, we saw health care costs go up because of government intervention, not down. It got worse for all of us. It got more expensive, way more than just this little 5 10% increase, isn't it? I mean, heck, if I just get the normal standard policy, now I got a really good one. Like those of you on my email list, I actually sent out a contact that gets you some really good affordable stuff. You know, And I got my costs cut down drastically. 
like for my wife and I, we pay just like 400 bucks a month. That's what I used to pay before the Obama Cares Act. Uh, even for a family, it might be only about seven, 800 bucks a month, give or take, depending on the situation. But for me to get the Affordable Cares Act, the health marketplace, the traditional crap that's out there, I'm gonna be paying close to $2,000 a month for my family because I don't qualify for any subsidies. I make too much money, like some of you do. It's ridiculous what's happening. Again, all because government intervention. Now remember this too, it's like, think of this imagery. Think that you have a pool. Just think of like a normal swimming pool you might have in somebody's backyard. There's a deep end and there's a shallow end. Think of the shallow end as the poor class and then the middle class and then going to the deep end where the rich class are. Now what, what politicians are trying to show you, they're saying, hey, we're taking out water right from the deep end of the pool and we're gonna dump it into the shallow end so there could be more water in there. What happens when you take water out of the deep end of the pool and you put it in the shallow end? It just goes right back to where it was, wasn't it? The only problem is often when politicians do this, they take it out of the deep end of the pool, they, they kind of sloppily splash into the shallow end of the pool and it splashes on the ground and then it evaporates in the hot sun. So you lose some of it to evaporation, the rest of it goes in the pool and then everybody has less. That's what usually happens. But often what happens is still, even then, the politicians find a way to give the rich class more, right? It's not by cutting back taxes. In fact, that's the one way to ensure everybody prospers is by allowing them to prosper. So you gotta put controls, you gotta, I'm not saying put controls on profits necessarily, but you got to be careful of illegal activities, doing things that are unethical or immoral. I'm not saying that. By the way, making money and doing things immorally don't always equate to each other. I just want you to know that there are ethical, legal ways to make lots more money. We're living proof of this. I know I am. I know many of you listening are as well, if not all of you, are doing this in legal or moral ways or in ethical ways. You can make money that way. It's not because companies are just exploiting people. But again, that's the agenda that the politicians love to put out there saying, no, 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 it's the wealthy, it's the corporations. They're exploiting you. They're the reason, not us. They're the reason why you can't survive. By the way, my wife's from Venezuela. You guys remember Adise Boucher? She was just on the show. She's from Venezuela. That's exactly what the politicians were telling them. That's how they were. They were able to villainize corporate America. And as a result, what happened is that Eventually, there wasn't corporate America. There corporate Venezuela, we'll call it. Eventually, there wasn't a corporate Venezuela. A lot of it tanked. And then there was nobody else to blame but the government. But by that point, it was too late. The people were already suffering. They're already going to grocery shop two days out of the week. And if you're out of food, you're out of food. You couldn't get it. Even if it's on your time, and even if there's another scheduled time when that item happened to be there you needed, you couldn't get it, right? All because the government tried to step in and take over. That is the future that America has been voting for, guys. And that's the future and that's the agenda they're pushing right now. Let me take it a little bit farther. What else happens? So again, like I said, poorer class, they won't be able to survive anyways. It'll get worse. Two, landlords. Let's talk about real estate, right? What happens if you tax landlords? Well, obviously, if you want to stay profitable, you increase the rent. What does that do to the poor class? It prices them out, just like I was saying. Here's what also happens. If Let's say those people that are in the poor middle class want to buy their own home. This is kind of like what we're seeing today. If you know you as a landlord are going to get taxed on that on that sale because now Biden's trying to propose anything over five hundred thousand of profits gets taxed. This means apartment buildings not going to be happening as easily, right? Because you try to move that money, you can't ten thirty one and avoid tax. So what are people going to do when they have apartment buildings? They're going to hold on to them. How about properties like in California? You think that there's a property that somebody might have that's paid off and might be worth well over half a million, especially with inflation the way it's going right now? Well. 
they're not going to want to sell. They don't want to avoid that. They want to pay taxes on it. So what do they do? They hold on to it. And when they hold on to it, they don't sell, creating lack of inventory, which is what we're seeing today, driving prices up further out of reach for people to get to. Understand there's always a consequence. There's always unintended consequences. The real question is, are these unintended? Or are the government actually intending this to happen in the first place? So here's the other thing. I mentioned this. Estimated 48% of politicians are millionaires right now. And I mean politicians meaning Congress, the Senate, and the House of Representatives. Estimated 48%. Now, it's a little fuzzy because they just kind of put ranges on what they're worth, but they don't really tell you much. But they do say that about half of these Senate and the House are millionaires, net worth millionaires. Uh, Pelosi is estimated to be worth, this is on the middle range. This has uh, actually been backed up, been fact-checked by a politifactor, whatever it's called, been fact-checked. The truth is nobody knows what she's really worth, but if you go in the middle range, they say it's safe to say that she's worth probably $106 million. $106 million, guys. Now, remember, she's the one championing. She's the one really putting out there, right? They're really saying, these are the laws we need to make. Why would politicians, where their net worth is already in, putting themselves into the rich class, why would they want to tax themselves more? Are they really that benevolent that they want to give away everything they own to taxes? Or do you think that, again, they found they, as long as they do this, they're also going to create other loopholes, just like we can do in business. Can we find ways to write off more things to show a smaller income? That's what business owners do. But again, the wealthy, the vast majority have businesses, if not all of them. There's very few people I would say out there that I would say wealthy that are only employees of a company or a practice or corporation. Sometimes there's doctors or lawyers that are just employees, but very, very little or ever that way. Usually they have corporations and everything else to avoid or minimize their tax burden, just like I do, we all do. So why would Pelosi and the rest of her crew want to tax themselves more? Why would they do that to themselves? Guys, they're not. Just so you know, here's what Pelosi does own. This has been confirmed. Uh, she does own business partnerships, various ones. One of them, like a vineyard in Napa. So she's a wine bibber. There you go. Uh, I have nothing against having vineyards, by the way. I think that's fine. But she does have a vineyard in Napa that she has ownership in. She's got, get this, commercial real estate. But here's the thing. This is going to kind of tie back to the last point. Commercial real estate with mortgages. So... She even uses leverage real estate, just so you know. Um, a lot of times people will say, yeah, but wealthy people, they pay off all their mortgages. They didn't. Why do you think that is? Hmm. Maybe it's because they don't want to get taxed on those gains either because, hey, if you get that money out and you sell the property, you don't make as much profit, do you, if you've got those mortgages and everything against them? That doesn't mean you haven't been investing that money elsewhere. But, hey, it's debt. So you can't get taxed on debt, right? Hmm. Interesting. By the way, strategy-wise, this might this would change everything because often I'll tell my clients, hey, if you want to minimize things in retirement, hey, we get we build up a real estate portfolio, right? But then we start cutting back. You know, we start cutting back on the real estate portfolio. Maybe we start selling off the, the less performing assets to then pay off the mortgages on the best performing assets, and then you retire on less if you're using real estate properties, rental properties as your primary way. Again, there's so many different funds and things that you can do and syndications like we talk about. I mean, you could do all kinds of stuff. By the way, if syndications, we lose some of those tax benefits, that's going to affect returns too. So there could be a lot of things happening. But again, there's always going to be some sort of loophole to help them. So like I said, she's got business partnerships. She's got commercial real estate. Very little the stock market was mentioned. I thought that was interesting too. Hmm. 
it's almost like they know something's coming. So here's another thing. Here's one thing that has been talked about is owning land. It might be a way to bypass some of these taxes. Because if they start trying to tax all these landlords because they're trying to villainize them, well, what's the thing that actually appreciates with real estate? It's land, guys. It's the land that appreciates, not the structure. Understand when we depreciate real estate on our taxes, it's because we're just depreciating the structure and possibly if you furnish it, the items within that building, right? Or within that structure. The, the house, just like anything, like a car, devalues. The structure devalues, but the land is what actually appreciates. Well, what if we're buying into raw land? What if we're doing stuff that way? By the way, a lot of politicians buy in land. Bill Gates, we just, how many of the memes have you guys might have seen about him buying up like 200, was it $240 million of real estate or whatever it was, right? Or, oh no, maybe it was 240 million acres, uh, whatever it is, a lot of land. He's buying up stuff. Maybe they understand something's coming up because if you noticed, some of the wealthiest people, they don't vote Republican. You think they would vote for lower taxes on themselves. Why are they voting Democrat? That's the thing you've got to ask yourself. Why are they doing this? It's because the rich know that when you try to take from the poor, it just goes right back to the rich again. They always win. This is what happens in, in socialist countries. And eventually when socialism might become a dictatorship, like what eventually happened in, in Venezuela, the rich got richer while the poor starved and literally die. Now, there are some countries that try to blend in socialism. I mean, we talk about European socialism, Canadian socialism. By the way, they hate it up there too. It's hard to prosper. You don't want to make more money. If you don't want to make more money, if you don't have an incentive to prosper, you don't. You produce less. The real heart of a prosperity of a nation, the prosperity of a people, is how much are we able to produce and exchange with one another. That is the core crux of what's going on. How much can we produce together? The more we produce, the more we are able to create, and the more there's exchange that we can use that and become more productive, all of us, the stronger the economy. Notice that lately, we're actually in a weird place because everybody's talking about this euphoric booming going on everywhere. Real estate's hitting all-time highs. Stocks are hitting all-time highs. Bitcoin's hitting all-time highs for the last two days. Well, of course, it came down, but then it was going to go back up, right? Or whatever it might do. All these things are hitting all-time highs because they're printing money like crazy. But banks aren't lending more money. In fact, banks are lending about the same or less. Although they have more money, they're not lending more. What are they preparing for? Why are they not lending more even though they've got the money to do it? What, are they hunkering down for something? Or are they taking their money and putting it elsewhere? The other thing you got to ask yourself is, is, of course, what's really going on? Because right now, with higher prices, less production. Remember, COVID stopped production. Like the wheels just started stopped. Like <sighs> horrible time. Because many businesses stopped producing altogether. Some try to produce. Manufacturers shut down. This is why we're seeing used cars actually at an all-time high. We're almost seeing cars appreciate. When have you ever seen that in your lifetime? I know I haven't, at least not that I've seen. I haven't seen cars go up in value. But when they stop producing and it becomes more of a rarity, there's more demand because there's more people that got more cash to spend money on, but they can't do anything with it. And by the way, people aren't spending money on consumable type things as much. They're often just paying for their rent, paying for their utilities, paying for the increased prices that are happening with inflation right now, right? Again, the poor middle class are taking their stimulus money. They're not going and buying a lot of stuff. They're actually buying into agricultural things and they're into their utilities, right? Uh, they're buying food, when I may say agriculture. They're paying for their rent into real estate. They're doing all these things, but they're not buying a lot for themselves yet. That's the interesting situation we're in. And because manufacturing is down, prices go up. 
And of course, when manufacturing is down, it's not a good thing. Think of the semiconductors, what's going on right now. They're like, hey, we need to get more chips. We need to get more US made chips because we can't rely on other countries because they shut down because of COVID. That's not a good thing, guys. Economies don't get stronger when production decreases, especially if consumption also decreases too. So be aware of that. But again, my point is this, is that the wealthy are in bed with the politicians. The reason why many of the wealthy become very far leftists, like this, the uh, George Soroses and people like that, is because they know they can profit off that. They know they have insider information in many cases. They're not supposed to, but of course they do. They have that information to know what they can do with their money. Even Warren Buffett, even him and Charlie Munger, they did their little Berkshire Hathaway meeting this last weekend. And even they're like looking at things saying, yep, there's a lot of booming happening. There's also a lot of speculation and gambling. It's a little crazy. But remember, they're also on the left side too. Why are all these big time corporations that don't want more taxes, why are they leaning to the left? What are they getting out of it? That is the real question we should be asking guys is why are the rich supporting taxing the rich? They're not that big of philanthropists. And by the way, even the ones that are philanthropists, right? There are many that are philanthropists, but they're, they have philanthropies to give to. They don't give it to the government. They know the government doesn't know how to make good money. They're, they're, they blow money. Governments consume and do not create more production with money. They make things worse. The private sector has always been better at creating things than the government has. Whenever we've had innovation in this country, innovation from private corporations and private self-interest have allowed us to prosper and progress much more quickly, even compared to the rest of the countries around the world. Because as Americans, we love innovation. We love to create new things. We love to be better and do things always better. We like to do these things and create something that is new and that can allow us to prosper freely. That is the beauty of this country. But we've now got people on both sides of the aisle, I really believe, not just Democrats. I believe that both sides, they're banking on this, literally banking on this. So the next time they try to tell you that they're going to tax the rich and give the poor, call bull. Call them, why would you tax yourself? Are you really that benevolent? Do you really believe that you, that you want to give more money away? Or are you going to create something more favors for yourself anyways? And, and the wealthy people that, are, of course, lobbying and doing everything else. You don't care about the poor middle class. The only people that care about the poor middle class, ironically, are actually capitalists. Capitalists need the poor middle class to produce as well, so they produce. Because if they produce, the poor middle class produce, they have more money, then you can make more money as even the wealthy. But again, we don't need governments to intervene to take that away from us. That is what the ultra-wealthy or some of the corporations, especially the corporations, if you read Atlas Shrugged, you know that corporations that maybe don't have as much of that competitive edge really support it. Because they say, hey, these companies are up and coming, they're innovating, they're doing the best quality, but we're the big boys, we're huge, we wanna stay on top, let's get the government involved. Let's make sure we make it really hard for these companies to pass the scrutiny test. Let's make sure that it's really difficult for them to rise on up, even though that's exactly what America's built on is by innovation and competition and striving to become better. Guys, we can all become better. We can all do better and we can all think with our brains a lot better than we have. I challenge you guys to do this, to watch out for what the politicians are saying and don't vote for more government. I don't vote for anarchy either. I'm not talking about anarchy if you guys want to take it to the extreme. I'm talking about minarchy. You know, look it up. I like minimal government doing the things to protect our rights and our ability to prosper as a country. That is the kind of country I'm voting for. Those are the kind of things I want. 
going in as bills. I want less bills actually than what they're creating right now. I want more dollar bills coming in our pocket, not more bills into their pocket from them creating more bills in the house. Guys, I hope you make it a wonderful and prosperous week. Let's fight this together and make it a great day. Visit us online at moneyripples.com for more resources to help you fix money leaks and get your money working harder for you now. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchases, only by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.